Hey everybody, welcome back to the Daily Anime Podcast. It's me, Jefferson, and today I'm going to be talking about episode 12 of Legend of the Galactic Heroes Advance into the Imperial Territory. Now, this episode is about the political after effects of Yang Winlu's victory at Azerlone, which is hailed as a miracle victory because he lost very few, if any, forces of his own, although obviously people died. Um, they were on the Imperial side. And where he had hoped his victory would bring peace, um, we know that it probably actually wouldn't. Um, especially in this universe with their corrupt-ass government. Um, because instead of peace, we see political opportunism. And at the start of the episode, we see like a big traffic jam that's preventing Yang and his, uh, basically his superior, Sitlet, um, from getting to their meeting on time. And so, they do something that I think is kind of ridiculous, and they leave their car in the highway and take the helicopter to go to, like, the capital officer. I'm not entirely sure, the headquarters of the government. I think this is one of those things where we see it, and we, we see, like, a... Um, examples of, like, high technology, and, like, no one talks about it. Um, in, like, a previous episode, we saw a car just, like, drive itself, and I, I suppose cars can do that, but it's just like, hmm, okay. It's just one of those examples. They can just leave a car on the crowded highway, and you're taking helicopter to get to a meeting on time, and that's kind of ridiculous. But, um, the show's not about the technology, the show's about you know, space politics. So, two big things happen this in this episode. First, we see how the top decisions in the Free Planet Alliance happen in regards to war. There is the High Council, which has closed meetings that no one can see, and um, they make all the big executive decisions. And they meet, convene, there are two people who voice their opposition to war, and then basically everyone else says, hey, we have elections coming up, let's have another military victory, because right now we're not doing so hot, but if we get another military victory, then we will most definitely win the elections. And so, based upon that, they decide to go to war. Um, and the other key point of action in this episode that shortly follows is a meeting between all the high military officials. You have all the rear admirals and actually vice admirals, I guess they're called. Yeah. I mean, the ranks doesn't matter to me. Um, and then you have like all these big operations people and there's a man by the name of Commodore Fork. I know, (laughs) Fork. I wonder if it's actually meant to be something else, but the Japanese has it as fork. Is that supposed to be funny? I mean, it's a very Tamino-esque name, but anyways, I've been sidetracked. And he's the person who drafted the quote-unquote plan. And as he said, literally it's just, we're going to take 30 million men in all their ships, and they're just going to like go around 
killing people in the Empire from their new stronghold in Ezerlone, which which should sound like a really bad plan, where Yang had um, basically played his cards really intelligently and said, here is like a really big objective, and we're going to have to use our wits and strategy and play with their minds a little bit in order to get as much as we can and basically keep as many people alive from this outcome. Uh, Fork's plan is literally just, let's just go in and kill people, which is obviously absolutely ridiculous because his quote-unquote rationalization is just like, they're going to be caught off guard. They're not going to expect 30 million men. Um, Yang voices his opinions like, hey, with that many troops, we're going to have a really long supply line. They can cut us off. And Fork's just like, well, then we can just pincer them. It's not that easy, obviously, because they have um, um, Admiral Lohengram and SVC and, you know, He's a competent fellow, unlike everyone else we see in the uh, Empire. That's pretty scary when you think about it. I was like, oh, that's how decisions get made, whatever. And so, naturally, um, at the end of the episode, Fizan um, and their governor, Adrian Rubinsky, just informs his man in the Empire that the Alliance is planning on sending 30 million men and appropriately, um, the Alliance, uh, not the Alliance, the Empire just says, alright, okay, we'll send in Lohengram, because he's competent and can handle this. So they don't say it, they're just like, oh, isn't he gonna get too much influence? And the dude is just like, we can kill him at any point, but, yeah. So, that's the story, I guess, of this episode. But there's a couple things I want to talk about. In the earlier scene, um, at the High Council meeting, there's two men. One of them's a friend, uh, Citolet, and he's desperately trying to end this war. Because as he puts it, the economies of both the Empire and the Alliance have cannot handle the war. They've lost too many skilled personnel to run basic civil functions hence why there was that traffic jam earlier because it's like um somebody had inputted the wrong codes and to the computer so i mean you see the lack of um engineers and the like who you know can make sure that everything runs smoothly and his reasons are you know you know they're all right you know um, but what I want to focus on more is less the, here are the reasons that war is good and bad, because obviously the people who are pro-war in this episode are just the people who want to, like, maintain their political authority or gain, um, political authority and move up in the rankings it's just opportunism there's no actual real reason to go to war but there is literally two people in the high council who voice their opinions 
And there are three people who, interestingly enough, vote against the motion to go to war. But thematically, and I suppose you could say ideologically, we see like the traditional anime narrative um, of how, that surrounds the question, how do we initiate change? Um, and in other shows, more explicitly, they'll state oh, we need to calm down and get into high positions of power via the military or um, civic politics and enact change that way. And this is exactly that path that we see. These people who via whatever means they did they were they're probably like um high officials in trade in business they managed to get up into the high council and they face the political inertia of trying to enact the big change that they want to see in society and it is because of actually the very structure of people doing what it is that they need to do um, in order to attain that level of power, that is, the opportunism that the structure allows that creates the political inertia. Because, I mean, everyone else is there, um, got there via all other means, and they want to maintain where they are by maintaining the world that they're in and that is i guess you could say the limit of um liberal democratic reformers and that traditional narrative of how we enact change now the other means that we can talk about is like revolution we don't exactly see that at this point um although it happens later in the series but on the other side of the empire um while we haven't seen any reformers yet we have seen people who aspire to reforms within the empire everything is top down now i suppose to any like good liberal democrat is like wait a second hold up are you trying to say that democracy is bad are you trying to say that we should return to like some form of monarchy of some sorts like the empire and obviously my answer is no but um just the idea that let's become reformers this is like and gain higher up it's just like not that simple and young comments um when he's talking to um jessica greenhill's father commander greenhill i actually know what his rank is i know he's like a bureaucrat in the military machine and he's just like hey the empire is governed badly by nobles whereas we have elections in the alliance and we are governed battle uh, governed badly by people we elect which is worse and like that's interesting right because the military 
as Greenhill said, they are just soldiers who have to follow the orders of the government because that's what soldiers do. And the government is supposed to be elected by the people and stand in for the people, so the military is supposed to be for the people. Like, this little interaction's interesting because these are two people who have good reason to doubt their political authority. Um, they obviously don't want to be deployed and deploy uh, deployed with others, the 30 million people. And um, especially since the person who drafted the plan, Commodore Fork, is really just saying a bunch of empty words and hoping that, hey, maybe if they just went around and like started killing people in the Empire and happened to get um, a victory, that he would be able to get a seat on the High Council. So once again, the system of opportunism um, is just gonna sacrifice all these other people um so that one dude can rise up and it's just like damn that's kind of depressing but i mean just like yo this system of this like narrative of a lone reformer trying to go in and like shake things up in government it's just not how like politics works and that's not how, like, change happens. Because if you are a lone reformer, guess what? You are fucking alone. And that means that you're going to be surrounded on all sides by political enemies who have a vested interest in the status quo. And some people who may claim that they are perhaps loners are actually, in fact, people who are, you know, fucking behind the political political and business establishments. And maybe I'm probably talking a little bit too much about American politics. And, um, but I mean, this is how things work. And I do have to say, I think one last, maybe not one last comment, but one comment I definitely have to make is about Fezan. Um, Fezan, who we haven't seen too much in the show, we just see like bits and pieces of, haha, we're scheming traitors on the outside trying to profit on both sides of the war adrian rubinsky is like shown to be like this corrupt dude and when he's meeting with like his representative from the empire like he's meet there's a girl and the representative is just like huh she's really pretty is this a state yours because they're in like some fancy um country cottage or whatever and the dude was like, nah, it's hers. And the dude was just like, wow, you got bitches for days, don't you? And he's like, yeah, I got bitches for days. And I was like, what the hell? Are you supposed to be like a political Hugh Hefner or something? That's actually really funny. It's also interesting how um, the Secretary of Defense votes against the motion to go to war. And the thing is, he can see... As Yang and basically everyone else in the military can see that the Alliance cannot win a war against the military. So where the majority of the High Council is hoping for like a miracle victory that will like give them the election on the next go around, um, the Secretary of Defense is going against it while not being too vocal about the war. And um, 
is going to secure his re-election by being against the war. That is going to be an obvious loss to the Alliance. Really funny. But, um, yeah, I think that is, like, my last little aside in discussing this episode. Hmm. Yeah. I think one last thing I want to say is I'm genuinely surprised at how fast-paced this show is. Like, damn, a lot happened in this episode. You got introduced to, like, uh, three, four new characters, and um, you're all pretty important in driving the narrative. Um, And, like, there is like two really big events and probably like three or four small events in between these giant things and it's just like oh okay what's gonna happen next anyways thanks for listening as always you can contact us by commenting on the website dailyanimepodcast.com send me an email dailyanimepodcast at gmail.com Send me a tweet at DailyAnimePod. I'd love to hear some feedback. And I guess if you're on Facebook, go ahead and give us a like. I made a page, and I want more likes. And to be fair, half the likes are my friends who I don't think listen to the show. But that's whatever. Thanks for listening, and have a wonderful day. Thank you.